reporter says his greatest performance was that he knew what God put him on this earth to do. And he didn't want people knowing or focusing on his battles and not on his work. He was dedicated to his craft. Dedicated to his craft. And so what they were saying is the reason he didn't talk about it, didn't tell anyone, he didn't want anybody to know. Didn't want anybody focusing on that. He wanted them focusing on, on his craft, his work, what he felt like was his purpose, what he had been put on this earth to do. And so I hear about that and I'm inspired because I can't fathom going through surgeries and treatments and keeping that and, and, uh, and, and going through following sort of this pattern. And, and I'm dedicated to things. There, there are things that we're dedicated to and passionate about. There are certain things, other things, though, that we are indifferent to, maybe even apathetic. I hope that I'm dedicated to the kingdom of God and the great commandment, the great commission. I hope I'm dedicated to my family, uh, to uh, health and our walk with God. And, and there's even some things I'm passionate about that are spiritual, like food, right? meat, pizza. Not talking about St. Louis style pizza. <laughs> Chips and salsa. Queso. Oh. Donuts. There's even some sports I'm passionate about. I'm interested in basketball, baseball, golf. But then there's some things I am indifferent to. I like a lot of museums, but art museums are not one of them. To me, art is successory. And to my friends who are art critics, they just get a really nasty look on their face when I say that. Uh, shopping, not a really big passionate about shopping, so sales, and, and uh, if, if I can do all my Christmas shopping from my computer, I am a very happy person. There's some food I'm not passionate about, Taco Bell, being one of those. And there's some sports that, that I just don't get, um, marathons, I, I just do not have that urge, triathlons, racing horses or cars it just uh, is not there so there are all things in life some things that we are passionate about and some things that we really just we really just don't care and and so when I witness the commitment and the dedication and the consecration that Chadwick Bozeman had to his craft and what he was battling I, I have to tell you I was inspired that day and and while I was inspired it was just a few moments later that I was profoundly sad I want to share that with you today too because as I left there started digging into it a little bit more because I was I was so sad I, I I was inspired by his work ethic I was inspired by how he was purpose driven I was inspired in how he was committed to excellence in his craft I was inspired about his humility that his goal was not just to draw attention to himself in fact if there's ever a time that he could have asked for support and strength in, in this battle. You would think that was it. But he wanted to keep everybody focused on, on what he had, the mission he had taken up. You have to realize that Civil War, Marshall, Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, 21 Bridges, and Defy Bloods were all produced after he was diagnosed with cancer. All of that were after cancer. 
And, and, and so I was sad because regardless of his accomplishments and the excellence with which he pursued his craft and, and the success that he enjoyed, I was sad because I realized it is only temporary. Temporary. A few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, I was going through the airport in Chicago and I had my, my 17-year-old with me. And in the airport in Chicago, at uh, Terminal B, there is, right in the middle, there is a restaurant, and it is called Harry Carey's. And as we're walking, Link said, hey, Dad, yeah, who's Harry Carey? And I looked at him, I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I don't know who Harry Carey is. In fact, I did the test here afterwards in our, in our class, I asked between our two sections, who, how many know who Harry Carey was? In one class, there's about four or five people out of about 50. In the other class, there's about two out of about 50. You see, I, was, I, I didn't know if he was joking with me because at one time, Harry Carey was known as a household name. You know, he was the one that said, holy cow. He originally used to call the Cardinals baseball until he kissed the owner's wife. And then he was sent to Chicago where he broadcast the White Sox. And then he finished up with the, the Cubs. But he was a household name to such a degree he's been gone for quite a while. But there's still restaurants that are named after him and one as prominent in an airport. And I'm looking at my son and I'm saying, you, you don't know who this person is? No. And I realized that no matter how good Harry Carey was or what he had achieved or even if that one time he was a household name, I realized that within a decade or so, no matter how recognized or acknowledged you are in this world just give it a few years and people will not even know that name unless it's with a, a trivia game or it's on a radio whatever happened to or maybe when people are looking back and reviewing that decade where what happened to those from the the 90s or the 2000s or the 2010s realize that I could talk about people today uh, in sports or politics or even in the church who at one time were household names that everywhere you went you, you saw them in advertisements or billboards and yet just a few years can go by. And somebody who you heard every day of your life, when I was in high school and college in Chicago, there was not a day or a newscast that went by that you did not hear the name Michael Jordan. Six world championships in eight years and additional things. they known all over the world with the Dream Team and the Olympics and shirts all over the world, billboards all over the world, not just the United States. And yet now I can go for months and I, I don't hear his name. And yet even though he's still involved in clothing and other parts. And I realized that, that no matter how much we achieve, and this was my sadness with Chadwick Boseman, who had been inspirational in his giving himself to his purpose and what he felt like he was called to do and, and is a household name in many of our, our homes. But yet there would come a time that he will be a stranger. And people will have to go Google to find out who he was and what he did. The wisdom writer says it like this. Listen to the preacher. Ecclesiastes 1, 2. Vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. A couple verses later, 
I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping at the wind. Ecclesiastes 2. Look at all the works that my hands have done, and on the labor in which I have toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Chapter 4. And again, I saw that for all the toil and every skillful work, a man's hand envied of his neighbor, by his neighbor. These also were vanity and grasping at the wind. That the preacher could say, the wisdom writer could say, pretty much all of it is vanity. All the works, all the labor which with we toil, all the skillful things that we can do. In fact, all of the things that our neighbor envies us for because of our inspiration inspiring them or demonstrating them that there comes a time when you step back and you say, that is all vanity, it is futile, it, there was no profit to it. All of it. Here's what, what Jesus would say. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? The whole world. But yet he himself is destroyed or lost. That, that Jesus is teaching that if we accomplish everything that we set out to do, if we reach all of our goals and fulfill all of our objectives, if we conquer even the whole world, what does it benefit us? Why? Because it's the temporal nature of the world that we live in. We have short memories in our world. Things that we think are the biggest they could possibly be today will be forgotten tomorrow as new things come up. In fact, in our world, we even hear terms like this, the 24-hour news cycle. We hear about your 15 minutes of fame. Do you realize that the phrases that we are talking about is saying it's just a day, it's just a few moments, and then it is gone. And this is what the wisdom writer understood, that no matter what you accomplish in this world, no matter how inspirational or skillful you are, it's just a short time. And it's forgotten. When Jesus came to this earth, you begin to see throughout his life and ministry that he was very focused on the reason why he was here. The purpose that he came. John 10, 10. I have come. They might have life. And have it more abundantly. Jesus wanted us to understand that there, the purpose for him coming, the reason of him coming, was that we would have life and abundant life beyond the here and now, beyond the temporal, that there is something more than, than right here. Paul would say, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied. We are uh, to be pitied of all men. Why? Because this is just a short vapor, just a short time, and so many times what we give ourselves to and sacrifice ourselves for is just a temporary thing to where people would stop back and say, that, that, that's vanity. There's nothing to it. But Jesus did not come 
for the temporal. He came for something beyond that, much bigger, more significant. And he understood that that this is just a, a partial time. This is just the 15 minutes. This is just the 24 hours. In fact, we even talk about the midnight cry. and We use the clock as a time for life and the seasons of life, even whether we go all the way to a year. And Jesus wanted us to know, I didn't create you for 15 minutes of fame or for a 24-hour news cycle or even for a year of seasons. I created you for abundant life. There is something bigger. Something bigger. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. Israel was in bondage and he began to execute a plan for their deliverance. To establish them as a nation. And he let them know the purpose. Exodus 19.6 You shall be a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. You're going to show. Here's what he said to Moses in Exodus 9. Indeed, for this purpose I have raised you up. That I may show my power in you. And my name may be declared in all the earth. And so we see Yahweh talking to Moses and Israel and saying, hey, you're to be a kingdom of priests. You're going to be set apart. You're, you're going to go and to serve me. And you're going to be a witness to me throughout all of the earth. He says, you're going to reveal the power of Yahweh. You're, you're going to make his name known. It's going to be declared throughout the earth. This is your purpose. Now, Moses would be known for a lot of things. You think back at the life of Moses, he's known for his worship. Think about Moses who chose to suffer affliction over the passing pleasures of sin, or as the King James Version would say, the pleasures of sin for a season. And Moses said, no, I'm not going to choose those pleasures. I will suffer affliction with the people of God. That's worship. He, he's known for his humility. He's known for his education. He has learned in all of the wisdom of Egypt. He's known as a deliverer. He's known as a prophet. He's known as a leader. He's known for a lot of those things. But what you must understand is while he is known for those things, those things were not his purpose. The Lord says, your purpose is to reveal my power, to show my power, and that my name will be declared in all of the earth. Did Moses impact generations? Yes, he did. Did Moses change the world? Yes, he did. But his purpose never wavered. It was to reveal the power of God and to declare his name. His growth, his development, all the things that he accomplished were good and, and were wonderful, but that was not his purpose. And many times we get confused between our purpose and the things we do and what we become known for. God raised him up and blessed him. Do you realize God's hand was upon him? He was protected by more than an ark, some bulrushes. He was protected by God because God had a purpose for him and a plan for his life. And yes, Moses, you're going to do a lot of things, and you're going to be known for a lot of things. You're going to be known for, for going head-to-head -head against Pharaoh. You're going to be known for leading people out through a, a dry bed, a seabed. You're going to be known for uh, bringing water out of a... There's a lot of things you'll be known for, but none of those things are your, your purpose. And we get confused many times by the things that we do and what our purpose is. Realize, as a pastor... 
realize that and deal with multi-generational church. One of the things many times our elders might not realize it, but the elders you go to church with, many of their struggles have to do with for 40 years or 50 years, they were known for something they did, and they confused that with their purpose. People referred to them by what they did. Oh, yeah, he's a carpenter. He's a plumber. And when all of a sudden I can't be a carpenter anymore or a plumber anymore, what value do I have? Because we put value in the things we do and accomplish. And the wisdom writer saying, don't, don't do that. You might become very known and skillful in what you do, but don't ever think that that was your purpose. Your purpose is the kingdom of God. Your, your purpose is the eternal things of God. And do not lose sight of your purpose because everything you accomplish here is here today and gone tomorrow. And 17-year-olds will say, I don't even know who he was, but what you do for the kingdom of God and in fulfilling your purpose is eternal and it will last see it's the kingdom of God Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God I, I, I love the scripture talks about the spirit driving in the wilderness he comes out in the power of the spirit and he began to go around speaking about the kingdom of God when they asked him how to pray he said pray thy kingdom come thy will be done when they talked to him about what was important seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and Acts 1 would say that the last 40 days that he spent he spoke to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God will they do a lot of things yes will they be known for a lot of things yes will they have different giftings and different abilities and different ministries and different accomplishments oh yes they will but don't forget what your purpose is Isaiah said 1424, as I have purpose, so shall it stand. So shall it stand. They will stand. Jeremiah said, and the land will tremble and saw, for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon. The purposes of God. That when we look at the life of Jesus, he is the Messiah, the Christ, or the anointed one. What is a, anointed for a purpose? accomplish a purpose, a sacred purpose. He is that anointed one. And he recognizes that. Mark 138, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also for this purpose I have come. Luke 4:43. I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Why? Because for this purpose I have been sent. John 12, 27. Save me from this hour. It's for this purpose. That I came. Jesus is aware. In fact, the message throughout the scripture lets us know of purpose. From Genesis 3 and the Proto-Evangelium, the, the first mention of the seed of the woman to, to Jesus' ministry, for this purpose I have come. To the writer saying, when the fullness of time had come, he was born, letting us know there was this divine purpose. And Jesus said, I'm not going to get sidetracked from what I am here to do. Even when it goes to the death on the cross, because I might be known as a healer, and I might be known as a miracle worker, and I might be known in other circles here, and they might want me to come do this, that, or the other, but I have to stay focused on my purpose. Paul would be similar. Paul desired to go to Rome. He purposed in his spirit to go to Rome. Desired to go there as well. But, but notice Acts 21. 
This is verse 10 through 14, but the Bible lets us know Agabus is coming from Judea, and he takes Paul's belt and binds his hands and his feet. And here's what he says. He prophesies, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. The Bible says those who heard these things, they plead with him, don't go to Jerusalem. We know what's waiting for you there. And Paul said, you're breaking my heart. He's weeping, begging. Now notice what he says. I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of God, the Lord be done. Paul was at this place that even if fulfilling his purpose led to persecution, to suffering, or death. Paul said, don't, don't, don't beg me to stop. Don't break my heart. Paul, who was known for so many things, his intellect, his education, his, his respect in the community, oh, so many things Paul was known for. He said, no, 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 none of those things were my purpose. I'm to be an apostle to the Gentiles. I am to go to Rome. I am to preach. And if persecution is ahead of me, I still have to be consecrated to my purpose. We, we love Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You want the end result to be good, then it's critical that you be consecrated to his purpose. Second Timothy saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Paul, Jesus, the apostles, they understood. Moses. There might be a lot of things we do in this world, and hopefully we will do them with excellence. Hopefully that the giftings that the Lord has given us, we will be skilled in them and do them to the best of our ability. But we cannot confuse many of these things with what our purpose is. Because ladies and gentlemen, when you can't play the piano anymore, or your voice can't hold a note, or you can't work on that job that you excelled at and got recognition and, and awards, when you can no longer do any of those things, the enemy would like to tell you, well, you're, you're worthless, you're, you're of no value. You can't do what you want to. And the heavens are saying, no, 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 no. You were created in the image of God. Your value does not come from the things that you do. It comes from the one who created you in his image and the purpose he designed for you. So I have elders... I have to rebuke an elder every once in a while back at church and say, hey, 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 no, no, no. I know you can't do all those things. But when I see you lean back, when I see you just show up at a prayer meeting, and you can't even get out of that chair, you're sitting in that chair praying, saying you're as much having as powerful an impact on the kingdom of God as you ever will. Why? Because all the things that we acknowledge and we recognize and we see and that are visible, Today, many times will be forgotten tomorrow. But the purposes of God. Jeremiah, before you, 
I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you. I, I set you apart. I ordained you. I had a purpose for you. And so today, I want to encourage us to consecrate our lives to His purpose. Be dedicated to your spiritual Christ. Whatever you're going to do, whatever vocation you have, do it with all of your might. Do it where people will acknowledge your work ethic and your skills. Do it. Oh, that, that's all fine. Just don't ever for a moment get confused and think that is your calling and your purpose. No. God has purpose for our life that's much deeper, much broader, and is more in depth than that. And as you do it, do it as unto the Lord, recognizing that if you're a carpenter driving nails, that's not your calling. might be what you do for a living. That might be your vocation. But God has called you for his purpose. And you do it unto the Lord. So at that day, the reason I was so sad is to recognize that while I was inspired, I knew the day's going to come. That when I moved by his commitment, problem is he got confused with what his purpose and why he was put on this earth for. His calling by God, his purpose was not him. Be in his image and his likeness to seek his kingdom. And it's critical that we respond appropriately to the call of God. In fact, what Peter says to us in the New Testament is very, very similar to what the plan is, the vision the Lord had for Israel when he brought them out. That we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we should proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We a kingdom of priests, chosen, set apart. Why? Just like them, to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord. To, to be his people that makes him known throughout the earth. And we see Peter talking about that, but then there's always this Demas who has forsaken him, having loved this present world. And Demas who gives himself to this present world, understanding Jesus did not come, Demas, just for this present world. He came life and life more abundantly, life that goes beyond. And Demas, this present world that you left him for, if you gain that whole world, you're going to find out that it's vanity grasping at the wind, even though everybody else envied you at your work, it also was vanity. So seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. Seek it. Seek that abundant life, everlasting life, to show forth his praises, to lift him up, fulfilling your purpose. I appreciate a few weeks ago, uh, Brother McClintock was preaching, and he preached for Joshua about sanctify. He was a 
talked about sanctification yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders and and he mentioned this process that took place and and afterwards they saw the waters part and they saw the walls fall they saw enemies defeated and destroyed and and an inheritance that they could not have fathomed as they entered into homes they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plan and that came the Lord was able to they were committed or consecrated to his purpose whereas history had borne out what happens when we got away from the purposes of God and got focused on what they felt they could do in their life. Daniel, Daniel is one of my favorite persons in scriptures, the Old Testament. Daniel 1, 8, he purposed in his heart that he'd not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies. There's this things with Daniel. His, his excellent spirit, what the scripture would say. His service unto the Lord. And he's doing it in challenging times. I'm so inspired by those who had to serve during the exile. So dis- inspired by the Apostle Paul who goes into cultures that do not have a biblical worldview. And yet they demonstrated to us that you can be faithful and consecrated and committed to your purpose. The purpose of God in your life. Regardless of your culture, Daniel had to do it under different administrations. He had to do it when everyone was against him or when he, it was the popular thing. Daniel had to survive through it all. And what kept him through all of the changing culture around him is he knew what his purpose was. His purpose was. And he committed himself to it. 1519. Spanish explorer, conquistador, Hernando Cortez, decided he wanted to seize the treasure of the Aztecs, and so he took 500 soldiers and 100 sailors. And he began to go against an empire that had been around for six centuries. Some of his men were unconvinced of their likelihood of success and wanted to return to Cuba, so they wanted to seize the ships and return there. When Cortez got wind of it, gathered the ringleaders and scuttled, burned their own ships. Gave the, utters, the, the, the orders to scuttle. He said this, if we're going home, we're going home in the third ship. So one ship was left to take the percentage that they would be owed to go back to Spain of the treasures. And he took away all of their options. And said, it is either we will conquer as heroes or we will die. Because retreat is easy when you have options. See, the church is a little bit different. They understood and and did something that had not been done in six centuries. Because they had this commitment, if we're going to have ships, we're going to have to take their ships. And if you don't make it, you're going to die. And church is a little bit different. Our Lord calls us to die first. I mean, that's a tough thing about being a preacher, right? Talk about preaching and pastoral ministry. It's a tough job on a weekly basis. I mean, we do everything we can to get people to come to church. We tell them how good it is. Oh, you're going to enjoy the music. 
Oh, there's friendly people. It's a wonderful. We do everything to market, promote, get people to church. And when we get them there, here's what I have to come up every Sunday and say. We are so glad that you're here. Now, here's what we want you to do. We want you to die. It's just a tough thing to do. And yet, isn't that the paradox? That we start to learn. The only way we really live is if we die, is if we go to the altar, offer ourselves to him and say, not my will, thy will be done. Jesus is so aware of his purpose that when they're saying, no, no, don't go to the cross, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul, all throughout the scripture, they say, no, no, I'm sorry, I know that's where it can end, but for this purpose, I have come. I'm committed to it. I'm consecrated to it. And so it's a tough thing because on a weekly basis, we have to deal with not my will, thy will be done. On a daily basis, we have to die daily. And that's the only way that we overcome. If we remove all the options, we get rid of all the choices. We're saying, no, I'm dying today because I know, I know the purpose. I'm consecrating my life purpose. you stand with me today? I'm so proud of you. Being around this campus and getting to rub shoulders with with you and I believe God has such amazing things that's going to take place in your life as you stay faithful to that thing. And I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired that, that you came to Urshan and you're digging into the Word of God, that no matter what your vocation is, this is for the whole church. Some of you are going to be in human services or communication or leadership, whatever you do, and you're going to go out there and, and you can't ever get confused your job and your purpose or roles that you have in life or awards you get you can't ever confuse those things with your purpose so I'm inspired because I think the things that you're going to give your life to have eternal significance but there's nothing that makes me more sad than a Demas who walks away loving this present world. Because I'm like the apostle saying, well, no, 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 what are are you doing? Well, this this present world, but, but, but what if you gain it all? What if you fulfill all your dreams and your goals and aspirations and you come to the end and you realize, as you will, it was all vanity, grasping, But you can finish your days with integrity. You say, I consecrated myself to this world. And while along that journey with the Lord, there's been a lot of great things that have happened. There's a lot of awards and recognition and all that. I did not allow those things to sway me from what my purpose was. I didn't determine my purpose for just how good things would be for me. 
many times like the apostles. I walked into situations that I knew were going to be painful. I knew I was going to be hurt. But I knew it was for this purpose. His purpose. And so today, I'm wondering if throughout this sanctuary today, we could find a place and to consecrate ourselves to his purpose. Somebody today needs to scuttle the ships, burn the boats, Get rid of the options. Say, God, I don't know what all the things I will do in this life. But regardless of the many things that I might do, I want to make sure I'm always consecrated to your purpose. Would you pray with me today? Would you find a place? Just talk to the Lord. God, your purpose supersedes everything. Your purpose is bigger than my vocation. Your purpose is bigger than my hobbies. Your purpose is bigger than recognition of skill and ability. God, I don't ever want to be content, but I always want to be concentrated.